You're listening to Tabletop Genesis, a podcast by Genesis fans for Genesis fans. Hi there, this is Mike Lord. And Tom Roche. And we are here to be on Tabletop Genesis. That's a great introduction, isn't it, Tom? Fantastic. We've only been doing this for eight plus years. Right. You'd think that we would have a rhythm down at this point. So, <laughs> But we are here to talk about the new Peter Gabriel song, Olive Tree. Right before we started, I was talking about this, and I called it Olive Branch, which I keep on thinking in my head that's what it's actually called, which is a Gabriel-esque title anyway. It could have been worse. You could have called it Olive Garden. Right, yes. Yeah. So although I do like their breadsticks, <laughs> but you know, maybe that's not not quite what Gabriel was going for either with these things. So before we jump into our little chat about this, let's have a little bit of a listen to Olive Tree. Pushing out through the soil New life weaves its way out through the coil Nothing's gonna hold this movement down I was apart from it My head in the sky With no ears to listen No light Tom, what do you think of this kind of up-danceable number from Peter's quote-unquote new album? I, I will give it a thumbs up. I know right. I was very kind of iffy before, and, and 
anticipating a wow factor and I think I've foregone that I've foregone that like I'm okay not getting a, a wow factor at this <laughs> point sure uh, not that I could be surprised but when it started I liked the up tempo beat to it it the very beginning notes of it and now I can't not think of that when I hear it mm-hmm. we got a little note from Michael Shishoa, you know one of our yes. friends of the show he said the first few notes are invisible touch and then Phil's drum and horn section sounds turn <laughs> up in the track. What is happening here? Has the world gone upside down? <laughs> Indeed, yes. So I, is that little dan, 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 that little tick tick tick, you know, with sure. the guitar. Now I hear invisible touch. Not totally. It's right. vi- it's, you know, distant, distant, distant cousins. Yes. But I like that and I do like the upbeat chorus, which is very horn heavy without being horn heavy paired with bass heavy that he's right. kind of used to with like big time or sledgehammer. So it's a, it, I think that gives it a more positive upbeat feel to it. Yeah. I liked that you can really kind of hear the trumpet. It was very much kind of a, kind of a, a very happy sounding trumpet sound there. And, you know, my, one of my comments that I jotted down was that I was kind of glad that Peter remembered that he's generally a happy guy <laughs> and that, yeah. you know, yeah, again, as much as I like the more kind of depth of emotion in other Peter songs, there's also something to be said for, you know, just a, a pure, at least happy sounding song. I, I won't necessarily say that it is a, excuse me, a happy song. There was that type of feel to it. But I put out on Twitter saying, hey, we're going to record any comments on the new Gabriel song. We actually got a number, which I'll read some out to you. Uh, M.M., Matthew, and a bunch of numbers on Twitter said, liked it a lot. Lively enough for you, too? Which I think sounds like the answer for both of us is yes. (laughs) He also said, thanks for talking about the quality of Gabriel's voice on the recent podcast. Happy to report he was on excellent form in London, as was the magnificent band, especially during, nope, I won't say. But you're in for a treat, that's for sure. So, Well, thank you for that. Yes, he, he held back and everything. Um. Some other things, Rich, Rich, the Rich Goodwin, said if this were 20 years ago, this song has lead single written all over it. I hope Tom likes the upbeat song at last. People people are hearing your comments about upbeat songs, Tom. So. Well, I would agree. This I thought about that. Like This would be one that I could imagine hearing on the radio. Yes. Back yeah. years ago. Right. And I did see in passing that one of the other tracks, I think it might have, I'm, I'm not going to say which one it was, but on a Google alert, it said like, that one of the Peter songs has actually entered like the not adult contemporary, but one of those thin slices of charts that are kind of out there nowadays. And it was like, oh, it's the first time Gabriel's been on a chart in 20 some years or something like that. I believe it was Road to Joy. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right about that. So, yeah. So Rich said I, uh, he said that he cried a bit when he heard Peter saying and it's and it wasn't followed by Hello, Babe. A nod, babe. <laughs> I do like the eternal optimism of Genesis and Peter fans looking to find references in any little phrase of, you know, music, kind of what you were talking about with a little bit of invisible touch. Lyrically, it's always like, is this a reference to something? So I think any relation 
to Genesis songs, live or dead, is purely coincidental. Yes, <laughs> it is our train spotting aspect of it, and and it's great to do it. That's why we're fans of these of these bands and these people. Our friend Alex Talander says. This song really doesn't do much for me. It feels like a weaker version of the upbeat I.O. And honestly, I'd practically consider it a B-side that doesn't go anywhere and is way too long. But yeah, well, that's Alex giving a little bit of an eh feel to this one. Jason Uretsky says, it's a nice song with nice in quotes. Upbeat, but uniquely PG. To me, this song is the love child of Panopticon and I.O. <laughs> I, I, I could see that. I just... I just don't want to picture Panopticon and IO <laughs> mating. Yes. Having uh, having uh, intimate relations with yes. that. Jay Miller says it may be the most upbeat song that he's ever done, which, yeah, it uh, I could be. I could get behind that. Yeah. Philip James 16 posted a picture of Bart Simpson swaying back and forth to what looks like music in that. Celosia 2 Christie says it has the feel of a song that is played with the end credits of a movie, which isn't bad. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing the dark side mitts or an inside mitts if Peter has created one for it. How much slower would the dark side mitts sound? Well, we will <laughs> we'll find out in a couple weeks, probably. Usually there's about two weeks before the next one uh, comes out. Uh, Mr. Queen of Maybe kind of agrees with Alex Talander, says it doesn't do much for me. Sorry, I prefer some of his other new songs. You know, generally, I think that the comments... There's a couple other ones here. Maybe I'll get to them later on. Frank Drebin did respond, you know, from uh, Police Squad. So I enjoyed that. He says, in my opinion, the first IO song that has the old Gabriel flair, interesting tr structures, great bass drum rhythm, and a horn section that reminds me of Paul Simon's Graceland, especially You Can Call Me Al. So thank you, Frank, for that. I know it's not really Leslie Nielsen as Frank Drebin, but I was entertained <laughs> by the idea that Frank Drebin from Police Squad lights our, uh, lights our podcast. So that was generally it. Again, there were a couple other ones there. You can check our Twitter feed for some other responses or let us know what you think about it. Is this one that you think you will get up and dance to live, Tom? It would be hard not to, <laughs> yeah. especially after what might have come before. I know there's a slate of more cerebral songs and slower yes. songs, like I mean, especially if you have a song like The Chord or I don't know some of the others that were released previously. And given some of the older tracks, which are great, but could be like maybe it's a San Jacinto or something. Mm -hmm. Whereas a song like this, you know, like you want to release and you want to get up and Jerusalem boogie and exactly you you want to be able to move around a little bit. So get up and stretch the legs. Make sure the blood is still pumping. Did agree with what that one commenter said about maybe it was Alex that it was too long because there was mm. I think a bit during the chorus which I would have taken out and connected the very upbeat with the the calling all stations part i call it because it okay. sounds a little bit like a tony banks mm. ray wilson kind of thing so you know and it's oh which is very catchy yes. and everyone yeah. will be singing that i've got the water falling on me that could be a train spotting nod to mm. i go swimming of course i've got the it's all waking me up. I've got the sunlight bright on my back, warming up all my bones. I've got the cool breeze right on my skin. Then it kind of takes a departure to a different kind of feel to it, bringing every cell to life, making all connections live from one point to another. That's the part that I didn't do anything for me. And then it goes back into the trying to make some sense of it, where I'm going now, how it fits together in the bigger shape of things. Like if they could have just connected that first part with that last part and cut out that middle. Yeah. I think it would have been a little bit tighter. And yeah, there's also a bridge, which doesn't really 
do anything for me, but then it goes back into the chorus, and I love his full stop at the end. Yes. <laughs> yes, a song that ends is always a positive thing. I also think that, you know, in the video for this, he talks a bit about the the story that this song is a part of, the whole kind of brain, a, I don't want to say AI, everything is saying, people are talking about AI all day, but it's it's kind of about connecting in this brain helmet and all this stuff, which there's a line or two in there about putting on your helmet and connecting with the others. And I'm not getting the lyrics right. I know, but I'm kind of like, Oh, that was to me, that was the one part of the song that I thought the lyrics were a bit clunky to where it was kind of trying to not shoehorn this story plot point into kind of this happy up song. It just felt a little bit, a little bit more contrived than I thought it should be. But Mm. Again, if this story ever sees the light of day, it'll be interesting to see where this fits into it. <laughs> you know, we're still waiting for a complete Mozo catalog of songs, I think. So, <laughs> you know, that could be something that, you know, will will just be a part of this. But it's always been an a story, idea, a song idea that Peter's been drawn to. He talked about Here Comes the Flood being about the same type of thing and about the flood of connections, the flood of emotions and everything that happen when you connect with people all over the world and all that. So, you know, there's definitely kind of ideas in this song that have always been of interest to Peter. So it's nice to see that even the lighter songs have some depth to them. Right, the the connection with water he mentioned in that video, which, yes, is throughout a lot of his songs, even like Kiss That Frog, Washing of the Water. I mean, there's yeah. probably about half a dozen more you could mention and he he did note that this is another song from the album that's about connection and finding your how you relate to other creatures and and beings in this world and and, and I didn't mind that I, was, I figured all right you know well there's a theme to IO mm-hmm. so makes sense that this is another song that might cover the same topics as IO or yeah I thought that overall this was a song that I connected with And it's a happy song and it very much, you know, gets you, you know, moving. I like, you talked about the water imagery, you know, that's something I'm always a sucker for in all of these different tracks. And, and I thought that the actual arrangement of the song, at least this mix of it was really well done. I'd listened to it right before we started recording and hit headphones for the first time. And there's a lot of detail in this song, in the song that I was not necessarily missing, but I wasn't hearing it as closely when I just listened to it on the stereo speakers and everything on my hi-fi as the kids call it, <laughs> you know, but the headphones, I was like, oh, there's a lot of stuff burbling around in the background. Especially as they went into the second repeat of the chorus, when mm-hmm. they went into it the second time, I, I, I heard a lot of different layers in the background that yeah. I hadn't heard the first time I was listening to the song or even during the first run through the chorus. I thought, yeah. that's interesting. I, yeah. I want to hear more of that. And I really liked, again, I liked all the instrumentation, but I thought the bass of this was really, really fit the song very well. There was a good bottom end to this that kind of pushed the song over, continued to push the song over the edge for me. So bravo to Tony Levin. I'm assuming it's Tony <laughs> Levin on the track there. Yes. And do, coming up with the arrangement and, you know, working, working, that the band works well together to create something like this. It's interesting to see, you know, who played on this, like Ged Lynch is back. Oh, okay. He does percussion on this along with Manokachi doing drums. Right. And they're like Tony Levin, the head of a saxophone and a trumpet. Hmm, okay. I think everyone else is uh, people you would know, David Rhodes, Richard Evans. Sure. With Ged Lynch being involved, I wonder how much of it is like, 
did Peter have some older demo version of this that Dead played on and that he pulled some of that and uses it on this mix? Or did he have him actually there for, you know, the recording? I bring that up because there's a Jerry Murata interview in Rolling Stone now kind of talking about how he played with, uh, you know, who he played with Orleans and then Gabriel and then Indigo Girls and all this different stuff. And he talks about being, Jerry Murata talks about being friends with Chad Blake, who does some of the, a lot of these mixes mm -hmm. for Peter. And he said that there was a story that Chad told him about that he was doing a mix for Peter and he got it really well done. And Peter really liked the mix. In fact, he liked it so much that he came back the next day with 30 more tracks <laughs> to put onto the re onto the mix that Chad had done. And Jerry's point was kind of like, well, wouldn't it be great to get back to the, the old way of doing things and having limitations versus being able to keep on layering and layering. But I do think that that's the nature of Gabriel nowadays is that he wants to use all the tools available to him. And so if he's able to have 18 tracks of a shaker going in all different ways, he's going to have 18 tracks of a shaker going. So I just thought that was an interesting little thing that Jerry dropped in the interview there. So, and it's well worth seeking out on the Rolling Stone website. I think you can read it for free. Definitely seek that out. It's like a double-edged sword in a way, because imagine if at the time of Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, they didn't have a deadline to get the album out. Right. It was all online, downloading. They had as much time in the world. They could add a thousand different mixes to like mm -hmm. in a way maybe you like you said you could have all these different tools to you to use and you're not forced to get everything in the can for a, a vinyl pressing but maybe that guided them a little bit more and kept them a little bit more disciplined when they had to say all right this is the song it it's good as it is you know we could spend another month doing little bits here and there to it but we yeah. can't. <laughs> right. But we got a tour to get ready for. Yeah. We've got to, you know, we got to actually rehearse these songs so we know what we're doing and to be able to recreate them live in a certain way from back in the day. You know, there's, right. it will be interesting to hear these songs coming up in September where a lot of the audience in the European shows were perhaps hearing these songs for the first time. Yes. We at least will have the benefit of having heard most of them at least a few times there might still be a random track or two that we don't know but you know for the most part we're going to have a pretty solid understanding of this new music and and will the detail be there in a live setting even with this expanded band where there's some more people on stage and everything so and a live trumpet player on stage so that's uh and as soon as i heard the trumpet in this song i was like ah here's where he needs a definitely needs a trumpet player for this song yeah i Still haven't had a track on this album where I know I'm going to be singing along to it in concert. Right. Like I can sing along to Sledgehammer and like <laughs> even not just I know the chorus, but like maybe because I've listened to it hundreds of times sure. over <laughs> decades. But like I could, you know, we're all going to be singing along to the verses and chorus of all his older tracks. But I, I don't think I've put to memory any of the recent songs as, as you know, aside from some of the chorus lyrics and some of the chorus melodies but other than that like i i couldn't sing you the song right verses verse by verse i couldn't sing you the court verse by verse right but really any new music you're hearing at this age are you catching on to to lyrics verse or chorus that quickly do you think 
And I ask that more as a question. There is no yeah. right or wrong answer for that. I just, you know, like you said, you had heard, you've been hearing Sledgehammer forever. Would you be able to sing along to everything in that after the fifth listen type of thing? If it's something that hits you and you start listening to it over and over again, there's another band. Well, I think we're going to talk about other bands we like on our future show, sure, just like yeah. to kind of prove that we don't just listen to <laughs> <laughs> yes. Genesis and the world of Genesis. But there was a band I'd just discovered for the first time in February of 21. Uh, it's a band called AJR, and some people might be rolling their eyes at them, but it was just something happened to hit me at the right time, and I saw them like three months later, and I knew all the words to all the songs <laughs> sure. that they played, and it was fantastic. And I, I don't have that with, with these songs, but sure. it, it could just be maybe I'm overanalyzing them too much, or they're just hitting me differently than a band that is completely fresh to my ears. Right. The, even even for us, there's an expectation of being Peter Gabriel fans and looking for some sort of repeat of what we felt before. And whether that's fair or not to Peter as an artist or whatever, you know, it it keeps us interested in what he's doing. But there is also then the fan expectation of, is this going to hit me exactly the way his old music hit? That's what we're figuring out right now. And I think that once we see this live that's when kind of the proof will be in the pudding as it were. Yeah. So, you know, we'll um, maybe, maybe I'm a little hungry, so I'm using food metaphors here, but it's just <laughs> kind of a, it's what I think will be where these songs will really stand up and be, okay, what do we really like about this? And, you know, or what don't we really like about it or what, what are the positives, negatives, and, you know, what do we take from it at that point? So, so it's going to be interesting. You know, we are basically five weeks out at this point. Yeah. I was going to say it's coming up when you say September, I said that's next month. I know. I know it's (laughs) shocking to get off of Peter for a little bit. And I know we're going to revisit a, a revealed track list for the new album coming up soon, but this has nothing to do with Genesis of Peter Gabriel, <laughs> but I know you just went and saw a certain very big band twice over the course of a weekend. Yes, I, I practiced my double hands Excellent. all last week. Uh, Metallica did their first North American show of their recent tour, the M72 tour, and they're doing a no repeat weekend. So the opening bands and the set list on Friday night are completely different than the opening bands and set list on Sunday night. So it's two nights, no repeats. And I didn't realize it was the start of the tour either. I thought it was just part of what they were doing and everything. So you Oh yeah, they they did yeah. some in in Europe. Uh, okay. This was their first the first uh, US in, in America. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what were the highlights of the Metallica <laughs> show for you? Well, they played every song that I wanted them to play. Uh, they kept stuff from the new album about three songs each night. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who wants to be spoiled, but you'll be very pleased with the set list. They're in good form for, I don't know, 60-year-olds? Yeah. Because you you own Metallica albums. You are a fan of the band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen them, I don't know, a dozen times, but... Oh, wow, okay. So did you buy a T-shirt? No, I'm I'm, I'm past past that age. So yes, did you buy any merchandise? Did they have good-looking merchandise in general? I didn't, re- I didn't really check didn't notice. Check on it. Got it. Maybe a program I would have bought, but right. Eh. We were we were tailgating from about three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> on each day, so there were long days. I'm very okay. happy. By the time we you went. By, by the time you got into the show, you were just getting to your seat. So yeah, <laughs> but it was a nice. good time. So it was nice to, uh, and I think the the next concert 
official big concert is yeah Gabriel. So right. looking forward to that. A little different experience as I think we're both going to Philly. We're both going to Philly and New York. So and New York. We'll be, yep. So that. So we that, we might be tailgating at the Philly one. Well, we'll see. I'll definitely be hitching a ride with you down there, and we're meeting up with our friend David Priest, who's been on the show. He's going okay. to be coming up for that show, and I know that you have some friends in the Philly area. And and I think Stacy, do we know if Stacy and Simon are going to that show? I don't know. I'll find out gonna, this weekend. You'll yeah. find it out this weekend. Yeah, I'll see. You are speaking of concerts. Yes, yes. So I'm seeing the Prod Camp Day. I forget what it's actually called. This coming uh, Saturday in New Jersey, where Simon's band Tribe of Names will be playing, along with Ray Weston from Echolin, John, and I'm going to mispronounce his last name, probably John Gagliano from Is, I believe, is performing, and there's a couple other performers, too, some of whom I might have to miss. I actually have to kind of leave early on the, the, the Saturday to head down to Washington. But I have definitely wanted to see Simon's band, and I really like Echolin and Ray Weston, so I'm... and. Ray is actually going on first and then Simon's band is playing. So they're both kind of, you know, right at the start, which I'm really looking forward to hearing that. Uh, and then the following weekend, I'm going to a free show in Brooklyn for uh, John Cale from the Velvet Underground is performing okay. over there. So, and a friend uh, is coming down from Providence for that. And, you know, so that'll be a good time. So, and, and what, what date is that? That is Saturday the 19th. So if there's any Brooklyn people out there going to this John Cale show, it will it's uh, say hi if we see each other. I don't know if the Genesis and John Cale fan bases overlap much other than me, although Phil did play with uh, John Cale on one of the albums. So there's definitely a connection there. But yes, so that was the thing. And then I think the next thing after that is Gabriel. I just got a ticket to see Yes in October. But I think that's it on the concert front for now. Oh, and I, I meant to mention to you, and I couldn't get the date down, but there's a group called Legion of Prague. <laughs> okay. And they do Genesis, Yes, ELP, right. Rush, a whole bunch of bands like that. And I think they're doing a festival uh, this Friday in Navasink, New Jersey. Oh, sure. Yeah, I know oh, It's Friday is. the 11th. I don't know when this episode will come out, but right. uh, I might head down there. So All right. Well, keep me posted about that because I'll, I'll, I was going to talk to you after the show and maybe make up plans. <laughs> yes, we, we will not plan this during the show. That <laughs> might be a little bit a uh, little bit much for our listeners. So, but uh, but no, that's uh, yeah. What were we talking about, Gabriel? Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, who are these people that we're playing with? Well, to get back on topic, this is why I planted it at the beginning, and you and you brought it up also about the actual track list for the album I O. Which was good to see. I think you know them, the the folks over at GenesisNews.com. Yes. Yep, uh, Christian and a number of the the people there. I've met Christian a number of times, and I might have mess, met some of the other guys over there just in passing over in, in London and stuff like that. But Christian's the main contact. Uh, they're all good guys, and they do a great job with, you know, really keeping the news part of the GenesisNews.com, keeping that information flowing. So kudos to them. Yes, uh, and it looks like there was a, a playing, a listening session at the WOMAD Festival that recently happened, mm -hmm. uh, and looks like the album's around 65 to 68 minutes long. Okay. There's no info on artwork mm -hmm. yet or a release date. Of course. <laughs> 
but the track list so far, and I'll just, there are a dozen songs on it, mm-hmm. most of which we've heard so far, but right. it, it, who knows if this could be the final order, but if this is what they played, Panopticom, Playing for Time, The Court, Four Kinds of Horses, mm-hmm. IO, Love Can Heal, which we haven't heard yet, right? Road to Joy, So Much, Olive Tree, and then the three songs that finished it up are also ones that we haven't heard yet. This is Home and still and live and let live yeah it's funny the titles are are very the interesting titles were front-loaded in the in the uh (laughs) you know panopticom four kinds of horses is kind of a weird one io itself is a little strange i did think those last couple titles were just kind of like the titles tell me nothing about what these songs could be so you know, they could be heavy hitting Metallica type type of song. <laughs> they could be something like playing for time again. You know, it's you don't really know. I mean, titles don't really tell you anything when you think about it. But, you know, they were very, very kind of bland. And so I'll be really interested to hear what the music is like. So because I had I heard Olive Tree as a title, I would not have predicted what we got. Yeah, I don't know what I would have predicted, right. but well, this is good. I, I think that it's good that we know that there's going to be some sort of album package <laughs> you know if they if yes, they're something. grouping these songs together there will be something for a release and i think they said it was also a surround version that they played at that gathering party whatever they want to call it and so that kind of at least semi implies some sort of physical media i know you can do some sort of surround music streaming but you know it's it'll be interesting to see again what what actually this package looks like it may be an, it may be an investment is what i'm thinking but, you know that's uh it'll cost so much oh yes indeed so the good thing is there is another full moon at the end of august yes. we get two this month and i haven't looked at the calendar i don't know if we get another one before the show in september possibly right. not but We'll see what science says. Yeah, exactly. You know, we would think, you know, have told yeah. us. How, do, how, does the, how does the moon work? You know, can we, will we get one? My, my guess is I think you're right. We won't get one because if there's a full moon at the end of the month, we're seeing the Philadelphia shows the 16th, New York is the 18th. There's not four weeks between the end no. of this month and the 16th of September. So we'll just have to live by the rhythm of the calendar. You know, we're getting exposed to more of this music ahead of time than the European crowds were. Yes. I think that we're kind of, you know, in a good place for right now. So, yeah. So I'm very happy with this. You know, I think that this was this track was placed well in the sequence of release to give me some strong kind of momentum forward into the rest of the songs that will get released. And I'm hoping that uh, the next song is another kind of upbeat and yeah. released out of the next, I don't know, two or three or four that we haven't heard yet. I think we used to get a couple more that are upbeat. Yeah. And yeah, this was a, a, a thumbs up. It, yeah. I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. When it comes on, I'll, like, I'll be doing the uh, <laughs> I'm along to the trumpet and saxophone. Yeah, I think it'll be a good, t- it's it's a good song. I'm happy with it. And we hope that you are all also. So, so I think that will wrap it up for this episode of Tabletop Genesis. We're glad you've been coming along with us on this ride for, through the new Gabriel album, whatever format it ends up taking. So this is Mike. And this is Tom. And we will see you next time on Tabletop Genesis.
Solid world. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Tabletop Genesis. Archived episodes can be found at tabletopgenesis.com, along with updates, polls, and various other podcast-related news. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to have shows automatically downloaded to your computer when we post new episodes. To keep up with all the Tabletop Genesis activity, follow us on Twitter at Genesis Tabletop. You can like us on Facebook by searching for Tabletop Genesis, and you can email us directly at genesistabletop at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the podcast or send us questions we can address on future episodes. We're going to talk about Olive Branch today. Close. Oh, you know what? I even wrote down that I keep mistakenly calling it Olive Branch, <laughs> so we'll, I'll, I will mention that. So, anything else before we jump into this, or are we? 